Will you turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2? And at this time, we're going to dismiss the children to Children's Church. So if you have little kids who are pre-K through third grade, you can meet in the back for Children's Church. I want to thank the music team today. Boy, that is awesome. Uh, Harmonica and banjo later, I'm in my happy place. Some of my favorite songs. I was just telling Jack the other day about how much I love uh, listening to harmonica. I think the harmonica is underrated. You've got to have some good harmonica. I love it. Uh, one thing that Dave didn't mention, uh, which I think some of you know if you've been around here a little while, but we have some new people, uh, that the Christmas Eve service is intentionally family-friendly. Uh, so we're going to be do- reading the Christmas story and singing some of the familiar Christmas songs. We're going to have a children's sermon for the little kids. So if you have little kids or grandkids, bring them. Because if you don't, the elders will have to sit down here on the floor, and uh, I'm not 100% sure all of them can get up again, okay? Uh, so, you know, uh, bring the little kids, otherwise it, it will be a memorable service for all the wrong reasons. We will also ha- celebrate the Lord's Supper together, and I think the Christmas Eve Lord's Supper service is probably my favorite service of the whole year. So come and bring your family, bring your neighbors, bring your friends. We'll listen to the Christmas story, we'll sing it, and we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Amen. Boy, what a great time. Well, we're going to come to one of my favorite scripture readings today, Luke chapter 2. We're really going to be focusing on the shepherds and the angels in verses 8 through 21, but I would be remiss if we didn't read the first seven verses as well. So we'll read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. This is God's word. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn." And in the same region there were with the shepherd there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear And the angel said to them fear not for behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This is God's word. Let us go to God in prayer. Oh, Lord, our God, we thank you for this amazing Christmas story. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the overwhelming joy that we have in knowing that we have been reconciled to you, Heavenly Father, through his perfect life, through his sacrificial death. We ask, Lord, that you would speak, for we, your servants, are listening. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Who is your favorite modern-day Christmas character? Is it George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life? Is it Buddy the Elf? Is it Kevin McAllister or maybe the Wet Bandits? Is it Tiny Tim or maybe Scrooge? I hope it's not Scrooge. Though there is a redemption arc in the Scrooge story, so it can be Scrooge. Your favorite character can be Scrooge. My favorite modern-day Christmas character is Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. Cousin Eddie wears leisure suits. Cousin Eddie wears bathrobes without pants. Cousin Eddie drives an RV. Cousin Eddie will park that RV in your driveway and then empty the contents of that RV into your sewer. Cousin Eddie couldn't buy gifts for his kids this year or dog or food for his dog. Cousin Eddie can't go sledding because the government put a plastic plate in his head. How many of you have a cousin Eddie in your family? How many of you are the Cousin Eddie in your family? What if I told you that God invited Cousin Eddie to the very first Christmas? And he didn't just show up on his own, uninvited, as Cousin Eddie is wont to do. God invited him. In fact, he invited a whole tribe of Cousin Eddies. They're called the Shepherds. And they were some of the first people in the history of the world to hear the Christmas story. Why would God invite the Shepherds? Unreliable, uh, unclean, unloving Shepherds to be some of the very first witnesses to the birth of Jesus Christ. 
would you invite people like the shepherds? I would probably not invite people like the shepherds, and yet, here they are. The outsiders, the outcasts, the sinners, the people who don't belong. Here's a quote from Philip Ryken. He writes, What's even more surprising than the appearance of the angels is that the first people to hear the good news were shepherds. Shepherds were outcasts, and thus their presence at the manger shows that salvation is for everyone. In other words, the shepherds don't belong in the first Christmas story, which is exactly why God put them there. There's something about the shepherds which reveals to us what Christmas is all about. So, having looked at the Christmas story through the eyes of Mary and Joseph, we're going to hand the GoPro to the shepherds and see the whole thing from their point of view. Now, that's important because, as one of my old pastors used to say, the shepherds got the angels and everybody else got the shepherds. The shepherds got glory to God in the highest and a multitude of heavenly hosts glorifying and praising God. And you get me. I don't even have a smoke machine. Like Mary and Joseph, the shepherds were ordinary people who heard an extraordinary message and their lives were changed because they believed. What did they see? What did they hear? How did they respond? Well, if you're taking notes this morning, here's our outline. I want us to see four things as we look at the Christmas story through the eyes of the shepherds. The first thing is we'll think about is who the shepherds were. The second thing we'll think about is what the shepherds saw. The third thing we'll think about is what the shepherds heard. And finally, we'll think about what the shepherds did. So who the shepherds were, what the shepherds saw, what the shepherds heard, and what the shepherds did. The shepherds remind us that Christmas is for misfits And outsiders, for people like Cousin Eddie, it's for people who don't belong. It's also for sinners, for people like us. That's why God invited the shepherds. It's why God invited us. Let's take a closer look. Now, the first thing I want us to do is I want us to think about who the shepherds were. Verse 8 And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, if you were to announce the birth of the most important person in the history of the world, where would you go? Who would you tell first? Maybe the President of the United States? Maybe the President of China? There are billions of people in China. Maybe someone important like Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or the new CEO of Twitter. 
Maybe you tell Fauci, he's on the news every once in a while. Uh, Maybe he could get out the word. Here's who I wouldn't tell. I wouldn't tell the shepherds. I wouldn't tell the shepherds because the shepherds were unclean. They weren't allowed to celebrate the religious feasts and festivals that the rest of the Jews would celebrate. And so other godly, religious, God-fearing people would normally stay away from them. They would keep them at an arm's distance. I wouldn't tell the shepherds because they were unworthy. In those days, many of the shepherds were thieves. They would often steal sheep from one another. Often they would go out with 10 sheep and come back with 11 and hope that no one noticed. They were a little bit shaky in terms of their their ethical conduct and morality. I wouldn't tell the shepherds because they were unreliable. So unreliable that uh, infamously, shepherds were not allowed to testify in a court of law. And so if you committed a crime, and a shepherd was your only alibi witness, I hope you like prison food because you're going away for a long time. Nobody trusts the shepherds. Now, thankfully, God doesn't see things the way that you and I see things. When God sent the angels to announce the birth of Jesus, he didn't send them to prophets or priests or kings. He didn't send them to the, to the rich and the powerful and the influential people, people with a platform, people with a reputation. He sent them to the shepherds, unclean, unworthy, unreliable people, to show us that God's kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. In God's kingdom, the strong become weak. And the weak become strong. Throughout history, God chose to reveal himself to cowards and liars and drunkards and adulterers. And that's just the first nine chapters of the book of Genesis. He chose to reveal himself to orphans and widows and servants and slaves and farmers and fishermen and tax collectors ordinary people. God chose shepherds to remind us that God, in God's kingdom, all we need is nothing. In God's kingdom, all we need is grace. A little bit of faith and a whole lot of grace. The second thing that I want us to think about is what the shepherds saw. Verse 9, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. First they saw an angel of the Lord, then they saw the glory of the Lord, and later we're told that they saw a multitude of heavenly hosts, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million angels lighting up the sky with brilliant, glorious light. And they were filled with great fear. Why were they afraid? Now, it's certainly possible that they were startled because angels appeared in the sky, which is certainly the last thing that they were expecting to see. But I think it's deeper than that. 
I think that they were afraid because they saw the glory of God. They were afraid because in the light of God's glory, their sins were exposed. The glory of God shone a bright white spotlight on their sin, and they were afraid because they had nowhere to go. A very similar thing happened to the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, we're told that when Isaiah was called to be a prophet, he appeared in the throne room of God. And in Isaiah 6, when he saw God, he said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Eugene Peterson translates this, the God of angel armies. What will I do? What will I say? All of my works have been exposed. I'm unworthy. I'm unclean. I'm undone. But here's the amazing thing. It wasn't always that way. When God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, before Adam and Eve had sinned, God would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day like a friend. They would walk and talk and have relationship with one another. Then sin entered the world. Adam and Eve said to the God who had created them, to the God who loved them, we will decide for ourselves what is right and what is wrong. Yes, you've told us not to eat of the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but you don't see things as clearly as we see them. We talked to the serpent. The serpent said the food is good for us. The serpent said that the fruit will make us wise. They ate. And the moment they ate, fear entered into the world for the very first time. God came looking for them and they covered themselves and hid because they were afraid. They were afraid that God would punish them because of their sins. They were afraid to confess their sins to God because they knew how disappointed God would be. They knew that they would have to look God in the eye and say, after everything that you've done for us, we don't trust you enough. We don't love you enough to obey your commandments. And since that day, all of us, no matter if you're a Christian or not a Christian, or struggling or thinking, all of us struggle with at least three kinds of fear. All of us, like Adam and Eve, are afraid on a deep, unconscious level of God's judgment. We wonder if God really does know everything that I've ever done. All of my thoughts and all of my words and all of my, my motivations, every careless word that I've ever spoken, won't he punish me for my sin? Is God angry with me? Is God disappointed with me? Can God really love someone like me? Have you ever thought that? I absolutely have. There's a, a deep-seated spiritual fear that enters into our life because of sin. 
We also have fears associated with living in this fallen world. Not only does sin affect us as individuals, sin affected all of creation. And so we wonder, what are we going to do about COVID? Is there anything that we can do? What are we going to do about the environment? Is the world getting warmer? Is the world getting colder? Is there anything that we can do about it either way? And what about floods and fires and hurricanes? Did you see the tornadoes? The wreckage of the tornadoes that ravished many, many of our neighbors and brothers and sisters in Kentucky and throughout the Midwest. What do we do about things like this? How do we cope with tragedy? What about poverty? What about hunger? What about death and disease? What about crime and injustice and oppression? Do you ever wonder about those things? I have deep-seated fears about the brokenness that I see in the world around me, and I'm sure you do too. We also have personal fears, or perhaps it's better to say interpersonal fears. We fear rejection, we fear failure. We look at our family and we wonder, will I ever have kids? And once we have kids, we wonder, will I ever have grandkids? And once we have kids and have grandkids, we wonder if they're going to turn out okay. What if they're jerks? Every jerk that you've ever met has a mom and a dad. I once had a neighbor who used to listen to uh, Waylon Jennings until about 3 a.m., lived right next door out on his porch. He had a mom and a dad. He didn't sort of spontaneously appear. And so what if my kid's like that someday, right? If you're thinking person, you worry about this. What about final exams? Some of you have final exams next week or the coming weeks. What about retirement? Some of you are coming up on retirement like the shepherds. We see the glory of God all around us. And we see our sin. We see the effects of sin in our own lives and in our families and in our world. And we're afraid. Third thing, I want us to think about what the shepherds heard. Verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Do you know the good news of Christmas? The good news of Christmas is that we don't have to be afraid anymore. We don't have to be afraid of God anymore. We don't have to be afraid of God's wrath. We don't have to be afraid of God's curse. We don't have to be afraid of God's judgment, His anger, or His disappointment. Jesus is our Savior. And as a Savior, He has come to save us from the penalty of our sins. If you believe in Jesus, your sins are forgiven. If you believe in Jesus, his blood has cleansed you from all of your sins, past, present, and future. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's why we light the candle of joy. 
and celebration because Jesus is our Savior. It also means we don't have to be afraid of living in a broken world. The floods and the fires and the earthquakes and the tornadoes and the hurricanes and the wars and the rumors of wars, the violence and the corruption. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the chosen one. Jesus is the Messiah that the, prophet, the prophets prophesied so many years ago. The one who's going to make the whole world new again. The one who's going to usher in a new era of shalom. Wholeness, peace, goodness, and truth. When he comes again, our swords and our tanks and our guns and our bombs are going to be beat into plowshares. Christmas marks the dawn of a new era where Jesus reigns as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Fear not, because in his kingdom, justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. We don't have to fear rejection or disappointment or failure or anything else that keeps us up at night because Jesus is Lord. He is sovereign. He is the King. Jesus is in control. The God who clothes the lilies of the field will most certainly clothe you. And the God who feeds the birds of the air will most certainly feed you. The good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep will always take care of you. Christmas can be a time filled with a lot of fear and anxiety. I think that somehow Christmas has a way of bringing a lot of that to the surface. I think it's an emotionally heightened time where every slight and every sorrow becomes almost high definition in our thoughts and in our mind. This Christmas, when you're tired, when you're weary, when you're lonely, when you're afraid, when your heart is breaking, remember what the angels said. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all kinds of people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. When you believe that good news, you can exhale. You can breathe. You can lay your burdens down at the manger knowing that Jesus took them up at the cross. The fourth thing we see, I want us to think about what the shepherds did. Verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. When the shepherds heard the good news of Christmas first, they ran to Jesus. That's called worship. And then they ran to Bethlehem. 
and they told everyone who would listen about what they had heard and seen. That's called evangelism. This Christmas, be like the shepherds. Having heard the good news of God's grace, having seen the light of God's glory, worship the King. Praise Jesus for all that you have heard and seen. And then go tell your neighbors. Run to Bethlehem. Run to your friends. Run to your neighbors. Run to people who don't know Jesus. Run to people who are still afraid. Run to people who need to know that Jesus is here and he's for us and not against us. This year, in a beautiful stroke of God's providence, I had a shepherd and an angel in my own family. In case you missed the Christmas program on Friday night, it was great. They all did an amazing job. It was awesome. The angels remind us that God is glorious. The shepherds remind us that God is good. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Have you seen what the shepherds saw? Have you seen the face of Jesus, your Savior? If you have, go do what the shepherds did. Tell the world that the King is here. Let's go to God in prayer. Oh, Lord, our God, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the shepherds. We thank you for the outsiders and the outcasts and the misfits. We thank you that you've included people like us into this Christmas story. Oh, Lord God, would you hear our prayer and forgive our sins. Strengthen us by your spirit that we might be joyful heralds of the king. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.